0: Your Bibles tonight. And turn with me to John chapter John chapter 12. By the way, I I just absolutely enjoy watching families serve God together. I I thoroughly enjoyed that that offertory. It's just good to see mom and uh, daughter playing together and not uh, throwing fisticuffs and and you know and 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 getting upset with each other. Not that you would ever do anything like that. But I have, I have seen some families do things like that, and it, it's, just, it's just good to see people serving God together as a family. And all God's people said, yeah, that's a blessing. All right, John chapter 12, and uh, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture, both in John 12, 23 through 25, and then down 32 and 33. Let's all stand together, if you would. Now I need to turn my mic around. I'm really getting lackadaisical here. I've got to get sharper here. John chapter 12 and verse 23 down through verse 25. Verse 23 says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die... It bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto ever, uh, uh, unto life eternal. Uh, drop down to verse, verses uh, 32 and 33, if you would. Verse 32 says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said... Signifying what death he should die let 's bow for prayer, Father it's good to be with your people tonight it's good lord to to serve you and to to serve a God who is faithful, a God who is true, a God who is is tenacious when we are stubborn, when we uh, uh, chafe at at the at the bit when uh, Lord, we uh, we resist you so many times. And Lord, I'm thankful for your patience. I'm thankful for your long-suffering and your forbearance. God, I pray that you would, you would uh, help us to see some things tonight in your scripture that will be a help and be a blessing to us. God, may your spirit uh, be here tonight in full power. Uh, Lord, I need you. With, without you, I cannot preach this the way that it needs to be preached without you. Lord, uh, the understanding won't be there. Without you, the conviction won't be there. Without you, the enlightenment won't be there. And So, God, we, we just pray that you would work in our hearts tonight with the Word of God. And as you do, the Lord will be careful to thank you and praise you for it. And turn right back around and give you the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There were, there were numerous times that this scenario took place. You find it in, in all of the Gospels where Jesus very clearly uh, explained his death and his burial and then three days later his resurrection. And, and, and yet they didn't seem to get it. And, in fact, the, the, the title of this message is just simply, Why We Can't See Things, um, th- They had some expectations, and their expectations were not in line with Scripture. Uh, They did not see Christ coming and dying and being buried and resurrecting. They saw Christ coming and and uh, being seated as King uh, in Jerusalem. They were waiting for a coming King. They were not looking for for a suffering Savior. And though he taught them repeatedly, and he did so, I mean over and over and over again, and we're going to look at just a few of them tonight, but uh, though he taught them repeatedly, they just didn't seem to get it. Have you you ever tried to explain something to somebody, and uh, particularly something spiritual, and it's very plain, it's very clear, it's in Scripture and yet they just don't seem to get it. Why is that? And the truth of the matter is there have been times people have explained things to you and explained things to me. And or or I've heard or I've heard something preached on that was sin that was in my life, but I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And then all of a sudden something happens and eventually, hopefully, uh, if if some of these things are taken care of that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, eventually the light can come on. You know, one of the ways I've explained this in the past is just simply connecting the dots, being able to, to to see this thing in scripture, this thing in scripture, put it together, apply it to your life, and and the light comes on and you see it. But oftentimes that does not happen, and there there were at least four times, and 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 really probably more than that that he announced and told the disciples what was going to happen to him, and he did so with detail. I mean, he went into detail about the, not only his death, but how he was going to die, and the fact that he was going to be three days and three nights in the tomb, and the fact that eventually, uh, that after three days and three nights, that God would, would uh, raise him from the dead, and, and he would be there in his resurrected body. The, the question is this, why didn't they get it? I mean, they had the Savior. They had the, the, the God of creation you know, face to face. And he told them specifically, and as, you, as we go through these, you can tell. That, I mean, there is, no, there is no room for doubt on, this, on these things. He, he uh, is very, very uh, explicit about the fact that he was going to die. And yet, right up to the point where they got ready to take them, they were in absolute, complete, full denial, and they would not believe it. Now, why didn't they get it? Well, we're going to look at, at, at some, some reasons. We're going to look at four of the announcements that are in one book, in the book of, um, book of Mark, and look and see uh, what accompanied those announcements as far as what was going on in the hearts of of the disciples. Take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 8 to start with. Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, look with me down in verse verse 31. Mark 8 31. It says and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. Now understand, this is not, how can I say this, this is not the dialogue, this is, this is not, if you've got a, a, uh, uh, a red-letter Bible, this should not be in red letters because it's saying what he said It's not a direct quote. In other words, there are a whole lot more words that were involved. But notice what it says that he told them. He told them that he was going to suffer, and not just suffer, but suffer many things. He told them that he was going to be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. And I believe he went into detail. He didn't just just say the sentence. He went into detail about it it said that he would be killed. He was not going to die a natural death. They were going to come. They were going to apprehend him. They were going to kill him. And he's telling them this, and then he says three days later he was going to rise again from the dead. Now, notice the the reaction. Verses uh, 32 and 33. Down in Mark Mark 8, verse uh, 32. It says, And he spake that openly in other words he was open about it he was he described it he let them know exactly what was going to happen and peter took him and began to rebuke him <laughs> he pulled god off to the side and said no 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 you're all wrong on this thing verse 33 but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples he rebuked peter saying get thee behind me satan for thou savers not the things that be of god but the things that be of men. Um, notice that, that uh, Peter rebukes him and was arguing with him. Now you know uh, sometimes we do that too. <laughs> God says one thing and we think something else and we try to explain it away. Uh, but he was doing even more than that. He pulled he pulled Jesus off to the side and basically said, "You are wrong." <laughs> and I mean, he was defying face to face the word of God. And the Lord Jesus tells him why he was doing that. If you look down in verse thirty-three, he says, "Get thee!" In the middle of the verse, "Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savours not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men." And uh, he said, "You, you don't savour the things of God. Savour means to means to delight in." And he was telling him that you don't de- your delight is not in the things of God. You're still hooked with earthly things. You're still hooked with, with uh, the things that revolve around the lives of men. And, and rather than being excited about the things of God, you know, one of the things I want to ask you tonight is what excites you the most? You know, uh, I, am, I am an easily excited person. I, I have a, a personality such that uh, you know I just get excited. When I was a little kid, I had a hard time sleeping before Christmas because I was excited. Before a trip, I would always have a, a rough night the night before because I just couldn't fall asleep. By the way, I have not grown out of that before a trip. I usually have a lousy night's sleep because night I'm, I'm kind of geared up. You know, I'm excited about it. Uh, is it wrong to be excited about those kind of things? Absolutely not, no. Did you ever get excited about things of God? you ever get excited about the fact that someday you're going to get a new body? And I don't just mean just say it because you're creaking and, and cracking and, and groaning and moaning, but, but because you're just really excited about someday seeing your Savior face to face. You know, what are the things that really gets you excited? We, 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 are, we are in a world today that really is, is it's all about us. I was I was listening to uh someone preach uh here just recently a message and they made a comment in the message. They said people don't like to be told when they're wrong today. They just don't. And and I don't know that anybody has ever enjoyed it per se. But now it's to the point where if you tell anybody that that they are wrong, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, you have just committed the unpardonable sin, and they could be just as wrong as rain uh and and uh, yet we 're not supposed to do that anymore. You know why that is because we 're all tied up in ourselves we 're all tied up in this in, in this world. Um, I love that song, uh, and I believe we got it in the uh, I believe we got it in in the chorus book it 's the song that says, "This world is not my home i 'm just a passing through." My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Our problem is, is that we feel too much at home down here. And we get more excited about the things of, 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 of physical life than we get excited about the things of eternal life. And uh, you, you see this. I've, I've tried to witness to people that are in dire straits or in trouble. It could be many different things. It could be they have, they're not saved and they have physical problems. They're not saved. They have family problems. They're not saved. They just lost their job. And oftentimes, and, and this isn't always the case, but oftentimes what I found, you know, you know, we think, well whatever it takes for that person to get saved, we pray that it happens to them. Well, uh, I know what we're thinking when we when we say that. Oftentimes, it, you know, whatever it takes. If you ha- Lord, if you have to, if you have to strike me, if you have to strike them. But oftentimes, I've found that when when bad things befall a lost person, that's all they can think about. And you come to them on a spiritual plane, and all they can think about is that earthly plane. That's it. They they can't they can't even begin to think about this. It's because they're all wrapped up in themselves. Now, whether you know we can do that when we're in trouble, we can do that when we're blessed. We can get really all wrapped up in ourselves. And it's preoccupation with self and preoccupation with what other people think. And when we get like that, when we don't savor the things of God more than the things of man, we don't delight in those things, then quite frankly, when God shows us something or when we see something it's in Scripture, we just don't see it. And that's what happened with Peter. Now, look in Mark chapter 9, look down at verse in, in verse 9, chapter 9, verse 9. And it says this. It says, and as they came down from the mountain, notice how close these instances are, are together, these four times that, that the Lord Jesus you know, revealed to them that what he was going to do. He was going to be be taken, he's going to be killed, he's going to suffer, he's going to be buried, and then he's going to rise again the third day. Verse 9 it says, and as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen, till the Son of Man were, were risen from the dead. Now, again, he told them, listen, I'm going to die, but three days later I'm going to rise from the dead. Now, verse, verse 10, it says, and they, they kept that saying with themselves, questioning one with another what the rising from the dead should mean. They were looking for something possibly a uh, spiritual meaning of it or whatever, but what he meant was, was, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back. I'm going to die, and I'm I'm going to rise again from the dead. Now, I I understand they had never seen anything like what Jesus Christ was going to exhibit to them. He was not only going to die and then come back to life in three days, but he was going to come back to life in a brand new body and in a resurrected body. But they they questioned what the rising of the dead meant, and they did so because their understanding was, was darkened. They did not have an understanding. When you, when you don't understand something, you can look at right square, you know, right smack dab in the face and have it told to you bluntly and you still don't get it because your understanding is off. The Bible says over in the book of, of uh, Psalms that a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. You know what i found? i found this in the Christian life over and over and over again. It starts real early. That the more I respond to what I know that God wants me to do, the more my understanding begins to broaden. I can understand more in Scripture as I obey more Scripture. But I've also noticed in my own life, and I see it in the lives of others as well, that as you say no to God and do not respond or do not... Maybe you don't just necessarily you know, clench your fist and say no to him, but you just don't respond at all that your understanding begins to shrink and it begins to diminish. Why is that? Well, because a good understanding of all they that do His commandments. Um, you know, I have, I have met uh, folks, I've met lost folks that and I've seen this. I've seen this when I've preached before. Uh, you quote John 3.16, and there's still a lot of even unsaved people that know John 3.16. I knew it before I got saved. And, and uh, I start to quote it in a message, and like, like when we have the play, if I were to quote John 3.16, I said, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever... And you look out there and you see some lost people mouthing the words. They know it. They're saying it. They're repeating it after you. And yet, if you were to ask them, do you know for sure that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? They'd say, no, I don't know that for sure. I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll, I'll make it or not. Well, why is that? Because their understanding is minimal, and, and sometimes there's just absolutely no understanding at all. Um, you know, the Bible says uh, Christ died for your sins and rose again according to the Scriptures, and that's exactly what he was telling them. But because they did not have proper understanding, and they, they, were, they were bucking the Lord in various areas of their life, and we'll see that a little bit as we continue, but uh, uh, because of that, their understanding was not what it could have been, so they could not grasp a hold of the truths that God had for them. Look with me down in verse uh, 31. Here's another case where he once again, and these are all within just a couple of chapters, uh, he once again explains to them what's going to happen to him in Mark chapter 9 and verse 31. It says, For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. And again, he, what did he say? He said, well, he's going to be delivered into the hands of men. He was in Garden of Gethsemane and the, the army came and Judas was leading. And Judas kissed him and then the, the, uh, uh, the soldiers grabbed a hold of Jesus and took him. Uh, that was fulfilled. Then it said, then he said, they're going to they're kill me. They're going to kill me. Uh, they're going to kill him, meaning the, the, the Son of God. And then then, then said, he shall rise again the third day. I, you really can't get a whole lot clearer than that. And yet they still didn't get it. Now, why didn't they get it? Well, look down in verse 32. Verse 32, it says, But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask, ask him. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house... He asked them, what was it that you disputed among yourselves, by the way? And this was back when they were walking, when he was telling them those things. They were disputing about some things. And in verse 34 it says, but they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And so, so what they were doing is, is they were talking about Uh, Oh, I think I'm going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. No, I think I'm going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And they were arguing and disputing back and forth about about that that issue. What What was the problem? Well, they lacked humility, first of all. And, and they were very, very proud. And they thought, each one of them thought, that they, they deserved to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There was, there was, there was real, real uh, uh, discussion going on, probably some contention. Pride blocks understanding. When, when you and I think more of ourselves than we ought to think, then that understanding is blocked. You know, there there have been issues that, that I have tried to, to talk with various people about over the years. And uh, did, you ever, did you ever talk with someone and try to, to help them with something, try to explain something to them? And the response you got back essentially was, I know more than you do. How can you tell me about me because... I am, I, I've am. got this degree, or, or I understand this, or I have done that, or whatever it might be. Uh, what that is is pride. We need to be so very, very careful. We get that same way. We get, we get full of ourselves, we get full of pride and really think more of ourselves than what we ought to think. And they didn't understand because they lacked that humility and they, they had that pride. Pride blocks understanding in the heart and notice something else that's looked linked with it down in verse 32 it says but they understood not that saying and they were afraid to ask they were afraid to ask the lord there was fear in their heart listen uh you know you ought to have a fear of god but you ought not to ever be afraid to ask god something you ought not ever to be uh, afraid to, uh, to open your heart like we talked about this morning, and cry out to God, uh, we ought to have such an open relationship with Him that we could, we could ask Him, we could ask him anything, but they had, they had fear, and it, you know I've seen this, I've seen this in my own heart and life. Fear and pride. boy, they go hand in hand. When I am fearful. Oftentimes there's there's pride that's there. When I'm prideful, there's fear that is accompanied to it. Because they had that fear, and fear of the wrong things, and they had that pride, they thought more of themselves than they ought to think. Then because of that, they could not get it, even though he was plain, even though he was very forthright in what what he proclaimed to them. Then the last one is down, look over in Mark 10. And look at verses 32 through 34. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 34 says, And they were in the way going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen to him, saying, Behold, We go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. So he was going to be delivered to the Roman court, and all of that took place. Verse 34, and it says, And they shall mock him and shall scourge him and shall spit upon him and shall kill him, and the third day he shall rise again. Now again, he's being very explicit when it comes to the events that are about to take place. He says, we're going to go up to Jerusalem. Uh, He said, I'm going to be delivered to the chief priests, and I'm going to be delivered to the scribes. Uh, He said, I'm not only going to be delivered to them, but they're going to hand me over to the Gentiles, and they're going to take me to court, and I'm going to be mocked. And he was mocked. Uh, They put a crown of thorns on his head, and they put a purple robe around him and mocked him uh, as king. He was going to be scourged, and he was. He was whipped. Uh, He's going to be spit on. He was spit on. His beard was plucked out, and then he was to be killed. But then he said on the third day after he died that he would rise again. Again, you can't get any more explicit than that. Now, this same event something something was taking place. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And look down in verse 34. Luke 18, 34. This is the same same event, and it says they understood none of these things, and this saying was hid from them neither knew they the things which were spoken. It says that those things were hid from them. Well, why were those things hid from them? Go with me to Mark chapter 10. Back to Mark chapter 10. In Mark 10, look down in verses 35 through 41. Mark 10, 35, it says, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask, can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And he's not talking about water baptism there. He's talking about the baptism of his death. And verse 39, and they said unto him, we can. And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized withal shall ye be baptized. And in all of them, except for one, died a martyr's death. Verse 40, "...but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared." And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. Now, you know what's interesting? Uh, The the ten went after James and John because they they asked that question. But the truth of the matter is, they were all self-righteous. And that really was the problem there. They, they thought that they deserved something. They thought that, that uh, one was more righteous than the other. And if you drop down in Mark 10, down to verse uh, 41, down to verse 41, it says, uh, it says, And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and, and with John, take your Bibles and, and turn to Luke chapter 9. Again, this is the same incident, Luke chapter 9. And look down in verse 46. Luke chapter 9, verse 46. It says, Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. It wasn't just James and John that was arguing about that stuff. They all were. They all were. And all of them thought that they were better than someone else, and they were looking for position. Can I tell you something that's a real dangerous thing to do? Don't seek positions in life. Seek opportunities of service in life. When you seek position, you start getting puffed up, and you start thinking that you deserve it. And that's exactly what they were doing. Uh, You know, you get to the book of Acts, and you, those, same, those same fellas don't seem to be the same guys that we saw over in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Can I tell you one of the reasons why? Because they stopped being self-righteous. They start, started to have some humility, and they, they started to look for opportunities to serve more than opportunities to be elevated and exalted. That isn't what they wanted in the book of Acts. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's what they were looking for. And they thought they were really something else. And, and when, when you start getting self-righteous like that, then, then those things that are clearly presented to you, they, 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 they're not able to be understood. We see here that over and over and over again, Jesus explained to him, I'm going to be taken. I'm going to suffer many things. I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to be delivered to the Jews. And then the Jews are going to hand me over to the, to the Romans. I mean, he, he went through the details. He said, then, then I'm going to be scourged. and I'm going to be spit on. I'm going to be mocked. Then they're going to kill me. But then three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. And none of them got it. Now, I'll tell you this. When you read that today, you get it. okay? What was it that blacked them from seeing those things? It's the same thing that blacks are understanding. Please understand, if you, if you have any of these things in your life, these four things, you, some of your understanding is black. That's why it is so important for us to constantly do evaluation in our own personal lives and see where we stand where our heart is before God. Are these four things hindered, let's look at them again. First of all, it was preoccupation with self. Just getting, getting all wrapped up with what's going on down here and wrapped up in, in our own lives. Number two, lack of understanding. And again, a good understanding of all they that do His commandments. That's why it's so important for a person right after they get saved, to get baptized. You say, well, they don't understand what baptism is all about. You don't have to understand what baptism is all about before you get baptized. I've, I've had people argue with me about that. Oh, no, no, no. You need to put them through a, a six-week course so that they understand all the ramifications uh, and, and all the reasons why baptism is so necessary. Listen, is that what they did in Acts chapter 2? <laughs> did they put them through a six-week crash course all in one day no no it says they that gladly received his word were baptized i'll bet you there's a bunch of those folks that got baptized that really didn't understand the significance of baptism but after they obeyed god god opened up their understanding and showed it to them and so we 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 need to make sure that we're doing what god tells us to do so that we can have that understanding and then the fourth hindrance is pride you know, uh, we, we think too much of ourselves. And, and Paul said this, he, he said it so well, uh, obviously it was under the inspiration of God, but he said, he said uh, I am what I am by the grace of God. And boy, that, that is so true. And the moment you lose sight of that, you start slipping into a prideful heart. And then last of all, and the two are kind of linked together, but self-righteousness. You know we we get to thinking we're better than other people, and the Bible says that we ought to esteem other better than ourselves. And I don't care who it is that you start to esteem yourself better than. It doesn't make any difference who they are, what they've done, how they've treated you, how they've treated others. You start esteeming yourself better than others, and you're going to your, your understanding and your sight your spiritual eyesight is going to shrink. These, these things hinder growth. These things hinder effectiveness. They hinder service. And they obviously hinder understanding. Uh, oftentimes, and I've seen this happen, I've watched it over and over again, I've seen those things hinder a person from coming to know Christ as Savior. But, but just as, as sadly, I've seen those things hinder God's people from doing what God would have them to do. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that that you'd help us just to have open hearts tonight and allow you to take your searchlight and shine it down deep. And Lord, uh, where there is any of these four things in our life, may we first admit it and be willing to come to you tonight and say, Look, uh, Lord, I am self-righteous. Lord, I am proud. Lord, my understanding is not what it ought to be because I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. Uh, Lord, my, I am preoccupied with my own life rather than looking for ways to serve others. And uh, Father, uh, as you speak to our hearts tonight, may we respond to you. It, it is so easy, and particularly during this time of year, it is so easy to get all wrapped up in ourselves and in our families and just forget about, first of all, you, and second of all, others. And so, God, I pray that you would work in our hearts. Have have your will and have your way tonight as you speak to us this evening. May we respond so that we can have full understanding so that when you show us things from your word, we'll see them clearly for us in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.